to the Secrets of the Self-Made podcast, where lifelong learners share their proven formula to achieving what they desire most. These are the students of Self-Made You, who have invested in a higher education that is arguably more important than any other subject. They have mastered self to overcome obstacles and create what they once thought impossible. Now it's your turn to learn and listen from the student who has become the teacher. Class is now in session. Okay, welcome back to the Secrets of the Self-Made. Today I have Linda. She is a guest. She's been with us for, I think, almost a year now at Self-Made. Yeah, or a little bit longer, actually. So, um, and she's a master in our program, been through the self-made mind and body. Um, So I'm super excited for our 20th episode to allow our listeners to meet you and hear your adorable accent. I could listen to you all day long. (laughs) But, But let's start off with a quick icebreaker. I'm curious, did you have a dress code back in the day when you went to school, high school, middle school, did you have a dress code or any sort of school uniform? Well, this is really going to date me. Um, I will be 64 this summer. I grew up in central Florida during the Disney world boom. And that was in the days when girls could not wear pants to school. And so girls had to wear skirts or dresses to school. Was there any sort of leniency on that? Well, if the temperature was 32 degrees at nine o'clock in the morning, we were allowed to wear pants. But you know how often that happened (laughs) in central Florida. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. So you weren't in any sort of private school or faith-based school. That was just. Correct. That was public school, Seminole County public schools. Interesting. Okay. So tell us a little bit more about yourself, Linda. Um, This is Linda Seegers. Tell us where you're from and what you do for a living. Well, I obviously I grew up in Florida, but moved to Georgia the day after I graduated high school. And um, now I live in Ackworth, Georgia, which is about 30 minutes north of of Atlanta. And it's interesting. I raised all three of my kids in Georgia. None of them have an accent. I'm the one that picked it up. So, yeah. So I have three grown children and um, and a five-year-old granddaughter. And um, my grown kids are awesome human beings. And they're hilarious. My son's actually a professional comedian. And they keep me grounded and call me out if I start taking myself too seriously. So, and do they? And are they close by? Uh, my son and his wife live in Atlanta. Um, I just I have a daughter that just moved back from Alaska, so she's close by. And then my other daughter and her husband and the granddaughter live in Nashville. Oh, interesting. Okay. <laughs> and so, um, what do you do for a living right now? Um, I am. I have, I am an educator and um, all I ever wanted to do growing up was to go to medical school. And then my senior year of college, when I decided I had friends coming back from medical school and I was like, I really don't think that's for me. <laughs> 
And then I didn't know what to do. And I had a few really impactful teachers growing up mm. um, who probably really did impact the course of my life. And so it really wasn't surprising to me that that's the direction I went. So I um, have been an educator for 41 years now. I'm semi-retired, but I still get to serve um, schools and districts in my region. And my, my mission has always been to impact adult practice, to impact student lives. And I love the work I get to do. It's been very satisfying. And I get to learn something new every day and get to work with some really wonderful people. Mm, that's incredible. Awesome. And as you know, I feel like we are living parallel lives because that's a value of mine too. I love the life mm-hmm. learning. I love to impact other people's lives specifically through education. So um, yeah. I'm tracking with you. So what, what, um, how did you find out about self-made you? What attracted you to, to our program? Well, I have a colleague who, you know, Stephanie, Mm-hmm. And she's also a dear friend. And she introduced me to the self-coaching model that she learned from you. And I was so intrigued with the concept of unintentional and intentional thoughts and how those consequently impact my feelings and actions and yeah. consequently my results. And so in my work over the years, and a lot of the um, a lot of work I've done is is behavioral. And um, so I've done a great deal of studying on the brain Mm -hmm. as related to trauma and learning and memory. And so I knew a lot, or I still know, a lot about the why our primitive brains impact our thinking and our actions. But the self-coaching model gave me a tool for interrupting that process to engage the, the, the evolved brain, the thinking brain and being able to act differently. Yeah. Yeah. I, so many people, you know, are just mind blown by the understanding around how and why you, you know, feel the way you do or, um, consequently, you know, behave the way you do but they don't know how to interrupt it. I could not say that any better than how you just explained that. And so, you know, first and foremost, showing people how and why they're getting the exam- the experiences or the results that they're getting is mm-hmm. always the first step. So it kind of opens, it cracks open the door to the possibility of control. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's why if you can start with, you know, how and why you're getting the results you're currently getting, it often is impactful enough to really motivate people to an understanding that you actually can change this, Mm -hmm. that trajectory. So any concepts within that self-coaching kind of mind math model that um, really, you know, resonated with you? Yeah, it's... um... It's really fascinating to me. I, I love when you first introduce the data over drama in that process of uh, of, of, ev- of everything. And, and so I was thinking many people never step on the scale because there's such a stigma of shame attached to that number. And 
I've heard you say it so many times that it's finally getting ingrained that it's just a number. It's just information. It's just a circumstance. Mm-hmm. And, and f- that honesty of putting down and writing, because that's very um, strong for me. I can talk about something. I can read about something. But it's only when I write mm-hmm. about it that it really starts. That It's almost like I can't understand what I'm thinking until I write it down. Yeah. And so um, I had done a little bit of reading with Julia Cameron, who calls them morning pages. But I like I felt like that was just such a big commitment to me. So I love the just thought download, just dump it all down and see what you got. And so for me, the piece about that with the model is just that honesty, just being honest about, first of all, what do I really want? And then you know, what am I thinking and feeling about that? And am I even gathering the right information? Yeah. And so, and then once I do that, just creating a plan, even if it's something I'm not sure how to do, if I just start writing down and then just reassessing and adjusting as I go. And yeah. so I never really understood that impact that my thoughts were having. Mm-hmm. and that I could, that I had the option to, to not accept it. Yeah. <laughs> so I, that's the piece I really like of, I remember Stephanie walking me through it a couple of times. I'm like, oh my gosh, what do you mean I can feel differently about this? Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. just that awareness alone. I mean, so many people get so much relief through awareness, not even having to change anything, just yeah. So simply through the awareness of how it's actually manifesting for you. And then the next step is the awareness over the control that you actually do have gives you such a sense of relief just within that. Like there is no need to, to do the work, to have to change your thinking if you don't want to. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I beautifully, very well said. Um, I think for those of you who aren't sold on the power of journaling. Like to Linda's point, it doesn't have to be poetic. You know, this can just be simply a brain dump, get the thoughts and the feelings out of your head where they often feel very confusing. They often feel very chaotic, get it out of your head and onto paper. That is the first step into being objective about whether or not they're serving you. And sometimes, you know, thinking on paper is different enough. It's just enough difference that you can start to kind of make sense and you can be objective about it. But when it stays in your head, it does feel confusing. It does feel chaotic. So I'm glad that that is a concept that has really resonated with you because I think um, you sharing that will start to resonate with other people too. So being able to do that and and incorporate that into your life, what kind of difference have you seen or what differences have you experienced now that you've started to incorporate um, journaling or thought downloads? I don't should on myself as much. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) I mean, for most of my life, I've struggled with negative self-talk. I don't think I've ever met another woman who hasn't. And I'm not saying men don't. 
Right. But I mean, most of my communication about something that intimate is, is with women. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I've worked so hard to be positive and encouraging to others, but it was a struggle for me. I wasn't talking to myself the same way that I was talking to other people. And I knew over the years why I was programmed to negative self-talk. I knew where all that was coming from. I, I knew, but I didn't know how to break from it. I didn't even know I had the option. I thought I was destined to have that negative loop always playing. Mm-hmm. And I've done a good bit of work with that over the years, including a good bit of therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, and while some of that was very helpful, nothing, <laughs> I don't want to get mushy here. Um, nothing has impacted me. I'm so sorry. (laughs) No, that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, Nothing has impacted me as much as that self-coaching model that, that I have the option to say no to the negative thoughts. I have options Mm -hmm. to, to, I can choose something other than that negative feeling. And it's not, it's not the denying And it's not the fake it till I make it that I've lived my whole life because I've just always tried to just plow on through and just go, things are going to get better, you know, da, 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 da. And, and I'm not saying, I'm not discounting that. I think that is, I think that's good, Mm -hmm. but to just have that, that realization that I can think differently about this. I can feel differently about this. And then that's going to impact how I show up for myself ultimately first, and then how I show up to others. Um, I don't know if you remember this last summer. um, I had just a tragic event in my life Mm -hmm. and I was just stuck. I could not. I remember telling you that I just didn't know what to do. I didn't know. And your question was so kind to me and it was Linda is this something you're supposed to know how to do mm-hmm. and it it wasn't fortunately I had never had to deal with anything like that again and and that was just such a kind question you know wh- why would you know and it's really funny the more I reflected on our time talking about that um, in my work for years, I've used something very similar in dealing with people and didn't even recognize it as applicable for myself. In my work, I get asked a lot, why isn't so-and-so doing what they're supposed to do? Why aren't they doing this? Why aren't they? And I, I would always ask of, well, do they know what they're supposed to be doing? What? And people hear me say it all the time what opportunities and experiences have they had that would equip them to engage in different, more effective practices? Mm -hmm. People don't know what they don't know, including me. And I, and in my work, I try to consider what opportunities and experiences can I, can, can I create or direct them to, to equip them to change their actions. I choose to believe that, everybody's doing the best they can with what they know at the moment and that we're all a work in progress. And I try and tell people, and, and this has been my talk too with myself more recently is progress isn't linear, Yeah. but 
I can look for the positive trend. Yeah. Yeah. Such good beliefs to, to choose and to kind of test and, you know, understand what works for you and what works for you today might not work for you tomorrow. But Mm -hmm. I love the fact that you have the awareness around the shoulds. You know, the shooting all over yourself, (laughs) those thought downloads and you see shoulds showing up, you know, that that's not serving you. That is the source of unwanted feelings, very likely. And so, but without being able to think on paper or get it down and be able to be objective, you're not going to see that. You're not going to see that as the source of why you're feeling the way you are. Another, I think, real powerful, powerful secret that you have revealed here is the ability to normalize. When you see your thinking on paper, you can normalize that thinking because when we have trauma, especially, you know, um, unusual or, you know, atypical mm-hmm. of our life. We don't know how to process that, right? We have never, ever been given the playbook on yeah. how to process trauma. And yeah. so, but so many of us think that we should or shouldn't be thinking, feeling, or doing with a circumstance of trauma and the, the normalcy of that is that we don't know, you know, so to be able to normalize it, when you see those thoughts, when you see those feelings, when you see the behaviors that are resulting from circumstances, traumatic circumstances, you can normalize it because the truth is we're human and we learn through experiences. And if it's an experience that we may have never had before, or we've only had a few times in our life, it would make perfect sense that we don't know how to yet deal with it. And so I'm so glad that that resonated with you when we were having that conversation last (laughs) summer. I remember, I mean, as a life coach, one of the best practices is to quote unquote, stay out of the pool with our clients. You know, you can't help them if they're, if they're in a pool and they're learning how to swim or they're drowning in their own thoughts, you know, jumping into the pool sometimes is not the most effective way to help them. Right. But when you have clients who are suffering with certain circumstances, you know, you can't help, but be empathetic or compassionate. Like I've been there with you. And so it definitely is, was a very memorable moment. So I absolutely remember that conversation very clearly, but I also knew what helped me through some of those moments. And it was the realization that I'm human and that I was only having normal primitive brain thoughts as a human being that was trying to tell me that I should know how to navigate this. Mm -hmm. The matter is you're not supposed to know. And it's through time that you'll have a better understanding and you have to give yourself the gift of, you know, 
being human and knowing mm-hmm. that it's going to take time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, that was that was profound. Thank you. Yes, it was my daughter, <laughs> and it was um, I. It was just it was it was um, my honor to be able to be there with you through that, you know, that moment. But thank you you for sharing that. What would you say (laughs) that you think when when you hear me say that that is such a beautiful example of what it means to be self-made? How would you explain that to somebody that 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 point in time where you and I were having the conversation last summer. Mm-hmm. And that is something I can, I can point to and say, that was you being self-made. What, yeah. how, can you, how can you describe what that means being self-made? When I was first introduced to self-made you, um, I thought, oh, well, cause I'm not a person who believes that most people make it on their own. And that's certainly not been the trajectory or the experiences in my life. So I was like, Oh, well, what do they think? You know? And then as soon as I met you, I thought, Oh, okay, there's something else to this. And so for me, it doesn't mean I have to do things on my own by myself. Um, And it means, I mean, it goes back to everything we've already said. That moment was such a, um, it was the beginning of that awareness and that kindness to myself of just being honest of you don't know. And it's okay that you don't know. It's a good thing. You've never experienced anything like this before. Mm-hmm. And, and then it, once I was aware, then it became, okay, so now I need to process and I need to, just know that I, I can change over time. I, I have that responsibility then. I don't just have to go off the rails more than momentarily. I'm not saying I don't, but, but I then have that responsibility to, to learn what I need to for myself. And then I'm willing to put that work in. And in the past, it was very painful for me to process things. And now I'm getting better through this process of put it down, just dump it all out. It might look wild and crazy to begin with, but then it starts to take a form. And it it really does go back to that awareness this very specific thing is going on. This is why it's going on. Is it possible that you could look at it this way? Is it possible you could look at it that way? Is it possible you just need to sit with this right now? Yeah. And that's okay. And that's what it looks like. Another way of saying this, like Linda just said, it is the way she has chosen to take responsibility for her thoughts, Mm -hmm. for her feelings, for her actions. And I'm just going to flip that word responsibility around. And I'm going to say, she has created the ability and she practices an ability to respond and, and more often than to react, right? You're going to react to primitive brain thinking, which is probably going to get result in unwanted feelings and unwanted results. Mm -hmm. She's 
practicing doesn't mean she's perfect, but more often than not, she's practicing her ability. She's strengthening her ability to respond instead of reacting. That's what responsibility is. It's strengthening that ability to respond. So I love that. Thank you so much. You have shared like so many secrets in this short amount of time. Anything that you want to make sure that our listeners to this podcast hear? Well, I shared with you about whether or not I had a dress code. <laughs> what about you? Did you? I didn't. I went, I also went to a public school. Um, and we did not have a dress code, but thinking back when I was in high school, um, Bud Light, the beer, which I probably had never <laughs> taken a sip of beer in high school. I was not a drinker, but, um, they had a mascot and it was Spuds McKenzie. It was a, it was like a bulldog with a black eye. And I had somehow I had come to own a t-shirt that had Spuds McKenzie on it. And I think I wore that t-shirt out. <laughs> and it's ironic because thinking back, I'm like, why would I have been wearing a, a t-shirt advertising beer? <laughs> but it was like one of my most favorite t-shirts. And so I probably wore it like a uniform. <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. And so now if I ever see that, um, that advertisement or, or Spuds McKenzie used in a marketing piece. I have fond memories of my high school days that I proudly wore this t-shirt. That is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So there's a secret that I have now revealed to my audience. Mm -hmm. I would love to see a picture of that. <laughs> well, Linda, it has been so much fun catching up with you. Thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Letting us hear your cute little Southern accent. I love it so much. <laughs> well, thanks for having me, Tracy. It was great to, to talk with you. Yeah, you too. All right. So for anybody who has fallen in love with all of our self-made youth students and you have enjoyed hearing their secrets. We will be back next week with some more secrets of the self-made. Talk to you soon. If you are ready to overcome your biggest obstacles and create what you once thought impossible, I want to invite you to join the self-made mind and body program where you will learn how to master yourself. It's the only thing that stands in the way of what you want most. Learn more at www.self-made and the letter u.com. <laughs>